Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And welcome to Training Camp 2022 with our annual camp position battles. We're going to go through tight end, left guard, edge three, nickel corner, inside linebacker two, which is actually low-key one of my favorite camp battles. Justin, how are you feeling? We've made it an episode every single weekday for the next six weeks. Man, I'm pumped, man. It's time to go to work. It's time to go to work. And uh, I genuinely love what I do. Uh, I love what we do here at Talking Giants. Uh, I love when it gets really, really busy. But this is the fun busy. This is when it, it really gets fun. And I'm so pumped to not just go to camp, but I'm pumped to spend it all, spend all of camp, spend a lot of August with, with everybody, with, with all of you. So Bobby Skinner, by the time that people are listening to this, you're going to be on an airplane. You will be traveling to the great state of New Jersey, the greatest state in the world. And uh, we'll be hanging out for three weeks together. You and I too. That was like two truths, two truths and a lie game you just did there. Um, the greatest state in the world? Yes. Ugh, uh, so Disagree. I was actually looking at the weather, though. I've seen everyone complaining about the weather up there. I just looked at the next week. It's beautiful. Well, it's because in the 80s, <laughs> it actually 60s worked, at night. It's worked out perfectly that the heat wave, a really, really bad heat wave, is now leaving the, the Tri-State area. So now it's actually, you know, when practice practices are going to be at 10 a.m. and they're going to be under the awning um, of, the, of the bleachers that they have set up. So it's actually going to be really, really nice uh, when you're going to be up here, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, the, the New Jersey highs are like the Florida lows this week. Yep. But uh, we're so let's, let's get into all these camp position battles. But first, this episode was brought to you by a special person. His name is Texas Tom, and I don't need to do anything further with that. Texas. Alliteration. I did something with it. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. That's where Texas Tom went to. You can be part of one of the best communities of Giants fans out there and get the in best. it for training camp get in it for training camp it's two dollars a month yes get in for training camp get in for the season it's the best community of talking giants listeners if you really like us and you like some of the conversations that we have with a lot of the people that we're closest with that's where we're at when we're recording these shows and we're hanging out uh live together so patreon.com slash talking giants bobby skinner will also send you some stickers maggots and you get entered twice a month into shirt raffles thank you to our patrons thank you to our patrons all right, Justin, let's get into these camp position battles. And he, we're going to start off with one that's been on our mind for a while. It's been one that's been talked about. And that's the New York Giants left guard starting sp- position. Left tackle is answered for. Center is essentially answered for. Right, ga- right guard and right tackle both answered for. Left guard is the question mark going into training camp. So I we put up the polls for Twitter and Instagram. Twitter. Says Shane Lemieux got gave Shane Lemieux seventy percent, Josh Azudu twenty four percent, and Max Garcia six percent. Instagram also gave Shane Lemieux the win with sixty percent. Josh Azudu got thirty one percent. So Twitter likes uh, Lemieux a little more than Instagram, and then Max Garcia got nine percent. Who are you going with for the starting left guard position? Yeah, this is one of the easier ones for me, but it is pretty complicated and nuanced because as time goes along, it could change this year. I am going Shane Lemieux. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Shane Lemieux. Or not got to be Shane Lemieux, but I want Shane Lemieux to be to be the guy that wins this job, and I think he will, and he's had the head start there throughout OTAs because I don't think Shane Lemieux is a lost cause as, a, as an offensive lineman. Like, he came in that rookie season, was a good run blocker, but was had some real issues in pass pro. Real issues in pass pro. But he shouldn't have been thrown into there that early. Like, you go back, look back at the 2020 draft, and you see Shane Lemieux a fifth-round pick, and I still, like, I'm sure we could go look at hindsight and pick someone else that was there. But I like Shane Lemieux as a fifth-round pick. I love that as a fifth-round pick, and I still do. But obviously, him going in as a rookie wasn't going to be great. And he had the same issues he had in college, so that's a little worrisome because he did have some pass protection well, issues at Oregon. I actually think that's somewhat of a. I put good. I, I'm putting good in like quotation marks here, because the things that he struggled with very, very early on in his rookie year, we didn't obviously didn't get a chance to see how he was going to develop in 2021. But the things that he did struggle on his rookie year was expected, and then the things that he did well at. 
that was expected. So why it like it was good because this is a fifth round rookie who was not supposed to be playing that early on, but because he was thrust into that situation, he was the player that we kind of expected him to be. And I think that is a good thing from his 2020 season. Yeah. So, but transferring over, like he's going to be a a good run blocker. Like he's going to be a good run blocker when he comes back and he missed essentially all of training camp last year. And then played in that Broncos game for the first half, he looked like a different player. And I know, I know it's 17 reps and I've, you know, we've repeated this line 20 times this all season, but he was moving his feet in pass pro. He was mirroring guys. Like he he looked looked like a different football player. Yeah, so I'm not. I haven't given up on Shane Lemieux as a football player. And on the flip side with Josh Azudu, I think Josh Azudu needs to focus on being a better football player and not beating week to week one, week two, week three opponent. And again, if Shane Lemieux is struggling and they feel like Josh Azudu is coming along, then you give it to Azudu. But Josh Azudu's got real stuff he needs to work on with his hands. I really want Bobby Johnson and um, and Tony Sperano to really work with his hands and and obviously with the feet in that and let him focus on that left guard position. Let him focus on that spot, and I think Shane Lemieux should be the starting left guard for week one uh, at the Titans. I kind of want to talk about Max Garcia for a hot sec, because even when Azudu was getting reps at left tackle, Max Garcia was still like on the second and third teams, uh, you know, lining up at, at guard and stuff like that. So Max Garcia is not a lock to make this roster, even though like. He, we thought that when we made that signing that he would be competing for a starting job, but now he's not even a lock to make the roster. Yeah, at the time it was like Lemieux and, and Max Garcia, and then they obviously drafted Right, then they Azudu, drafted so. Azudu and yeah. So let's let's just assume they have, you know, Lemieux and uh and Azudu both on the roster. That's six offensive linemen. They have to have a tackle that's seven. Uh we don't have backup center on here, and I know you wanted to talk about it, but we didn't do a poll for it. I really think Max Garcia's way on the roster will be the backup center. He's played a little center in his career. I think I think it's between him and Ben Bredesen for um, that technically ninth spot because I don't know if they would cut Marcus McKeithen uh, as a rookie. I think they would no. like to hold on. I don't think they want to put him on the practice squad. I think they want to hold on to him on the active roster. Uh, and I do prefer Max Garcia over Ben Bredesen for backup center. I do too. Okay. Now, ben Bredesen could d- develop. Uh, and look like a different player, but I also would pre- uh, prefer Max Garcia for that backup center spot. So we we agree with Twitter and Instagram. It's a clean sweep with Shane Lemieux. Uh, in fact, Twitter and Instagram basically agreed on everything, like even the orders, except for um, except for basically RB three. All right, next on this list, it's been an interesting one the last couple of years, and that's Nickel Corner. On Twitter, Darnay Holmes got 73%. Cordell Flock got 27%. On Instagram, Darnay got 70%. Cordell Flock got 30%. i am going Darnay Holmes. But the fan in me wants to go Cordell Flock. I do. He's new. Third round pick. Very young. He's fast. He's springy. He's built to play man coverage from that nickel corner spot. He's very involved in the run game. I know he needs to add some weight. But the fan in me wants to pick Cordell Flott. Like, I actually thought about putting Cordell Flott in this, but I think it's it would be irresponsible to see a position that really has a hard time developing their first year to put Cordell Flott at 20 years old, just throw him into the starting role. Um, now, with Darnay Holmes, he's an experienced player. Darnay Holmes isn't going to lose you a game, uh, but also he hasn't played in a ton of a man, a man coverage scheme. You know, when they tried to do it at the beginning of the season, he wasn't getting – a he always got some playing time versus Denver, but you know they were kind of phasing him out and then brought him back in when Rodarius Williams went down. Um, but Darnay Holmes is an NFL player; like he's a he's like he can be relied on to play starting reps. You know he's not going to be the a game changer out there. He can make some good plays. Um, you can't put him on the outside because of size; he'll get bodied. But I'm I'm giving the nod to Darnay Holmes, even though I wanted to go Cordell Flott with this. Well, I am the fan in you. Bobby Skinner. I'm going Cordell Flott. I am going Cordell Flott. I think Cordell Flott's about it. He's about it. I think he's going to bring into the run game. Um, I think he's going to bring the physicality at the line of scrimmage with these slot with these slot corners, uh, with these slot wide receivers. Excuse me. Um, and you you know you said well I don't want to thrust Cordell Flott in there. Well because you have guys like Aaron Robinson on the roster. Let's just say if he's not lining up at slot uh, on the outside at a given snap. You have guys like Darnell, Darnay Holmes on the roster. 
Cordell Flott doesn't need to be thrusted in taking 100%, 90% of the snaps at slot corner every single play, every single game. But I do think the majority of the snaps should be going to Cordell Flott because of the defense that Wink Martindale wants to run, the physicality that he wants to bring. I just can't see Darnay Holmes fitting in there. Like, where does he fit? What does he do? And I guess that's a question that can go to you. Like, how do you envision Darnay Holmes? Because Cordell Flott is the easy it's like, yep, he can just be inserted in there. Wake Martindale can kind of do what he wants to do. So well, I am going with Cordell Flott, though. Yeah, I mean, with Darnay, he's shown to be a, a guy who like, can be relied upon to to start at nickel cornerback in the NFL. Um, and I know we're going to go to some more man coverage stuff here, but he's not totally inept at man coverage. He just right. shows his strength in those in that Patrick Graham uh, scheme, which helped, which really helped their cornerbacks out. You know, brought the best out of their corners. Um, with Jerome Henderson still as a DB coach, I think that matters too because it's not a let's get this old guy out, old but not old, but you know, <laughs> previous guy and and in with the new. But I just don't. I don't think there's a, a need to rush Cordell Flott in there and he's right. very young he's a raw player there's a lot of things to like about Cordell Flott but I think if it would be irresponsible to just throw him in there and make him the starter even if you're even if you're still splitting some reps but I, I still think Darnay Holmes should be the starter and get the majority of the reps at least for like the first half of the season I'm not disagreeing with you, but the only reason why you're saying Darnay is just because you don't want to start the rookie corner. And I am also very hesitant about that we're even hesitant about putting Aaron Robinson on the outside because of how inexperienced he is right but just look at what Cordell Flott can do well. I mean, this even includes uh, blitzing, going in on these cornerback blitzes, um, being physical, things like that, coming up and playing the run, um, tackling, things like it. It's certain things that Darnay Holmes, not that he doesn't do well, but I think just Cordell Flott can do those things a lot better right out of the gate. Um, so I can see a world where Cordell Flott is more successful this year than Darnay Holmes. And it's not necessarily because Darnay Holmes is bad. It's just because... I think he's limited in what he can do. It'll be interesting. I, I got, I'm I'm very interested to see the first game of Darnay Holmes playing, you know, mostly man coverage because we have not seen that in the NFL. Right. You know, we have we have never we have never been that team that played you know just cover one or you know blitzing and putting guys in man coverage and you know they'll they'll use their guys the right way. I don't think it's going to go. I don't think we're going to go. 80% man coverage or whatever. Yeah, and what we did against Denver last year, and that was like the defense's worst game of the year, you know, where Teddy Bridgewater just ripped us to shreds. So so uh, Twitter and Instagram go Darnay Holmes as well as I. Justin goes Cordell Flott. All right, running back. But that's back- a huge – I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's a huge discrepancy. Like, and not not just that they picked Darnay Holmes to win, but what what were the the results in the voting there? 73-27 and 70-30. That's huge. I mean, just we've had two years of Darnay Holmes coming in and not being a pro- and I, I don't want to call him a good player, but n- not being a problem as yeah. a cornerback. Like when has Darnay Holmes been a problem? Like no, the, never. I, I could think I, of some never. times he got called for holding. Um, you know, as a rookie, one bogus one versus Cincinnati, where it was actually a great play in man mm-hmm. coverage. So I think Darnay Holmes has put together a nice resume of being a solid NFL player at a, at a tough position to be an NFL player. Yeah, But I also um, think not giving Cordell Flott enough credit for the prospect that, you know, he is, I know he's young and he's light, but he he's a fun dude. So. All right. Next we have, we're going to go to one of the lesser ones running back three. This was one of the tighter ones, Twitter. And I'm surprised that this guy won these by the way, because he's, has been a practice squad running back the last two years, not drafted. Not I think it's brand, because of us. Not brand new. Twitter went Antonio Williams, 50%. Ja'Shawn Corbin, the undrafted free agent out of FSU, 31%. And Gary Brightwell, 19%. Instagram went Antonio Williams, 38%. Gary Brightwell, 35%. And Ja'Shawn Corbin, 27%, which I think was the only time uh, Twitter and Instagram didn't agree on an order. And I agree with them, man. Like, Deshaun Corbin, there's some nice plays there, but I don't know how good, consistently good of a running back he can be. And we need some power in this running back room. And Antonio Williams is going to bring that. A guy who can run behind his shoulder pads, and he's got good athleticism. We've seen it in some limited action in the NFL. Um, I really like Antonio Williams. Like, uh, you know, someone asked us, I can't remember who, like who would be a, you oh, know. The, oh, the, the mailbag. Line. Short yeah. yardage. Well, no, no, no. Someone asked us on a mailbag, who's like the guy who, 
could you see making an impact that no one's talking about? And oh, I said that could oh. be Antonio Williams because Matt Breida's, you know, Matt Breida is a speed back. Saquon Barkley obviously is going to be the the lead back for this team. Both guys uh, have struggled with injuries, RB one and RB two. So I'm I'm hoping this battle is between Antonio Williams and Deshaun Corbin and Gary Brightwell. I just I hate to say it, but I just don't have much use for Gary Brightwell. So I'm going Antonio Williams. Further shows the discrepancy on uh, Twitter being uh, where our most loyal people are and Instagram being a little out of the loop. No, Disagree. But, uh, Antonio Williams is a is, is a good friend. But I, I, I agree. I, I have Antonio Williams as RB3. Um, I'm a big fan of having different types of running backs on the roster. So, like in years past, you know, Wayne Goldman would be the very efficient back. You know, he'd get you your, your four to five yards. Saquon Barkley is obviously Saquon Barkley. You know, can kind of do it all. And then RB3, Bobby and I would talk about how we kind of want somebody kind of exciting. You know, kind of want somebody that can maybe get a big play, can maybe be a receiving threat out of the backfield. But now, this year, Saquon Barkley is, you know, the the explosive play option. Uh, Matt Breida is the speedy guy. I'm sure he can catch the ball, too, you know, run outside the tackles. So RB3 is a little bit different this year, where we kind of want, you know, a little bit more of a of a boring old school back, but a little bit more of a bruiser that can get you those tough yards. And that is Antonio Williams, for sure, by far, also with the Buffalo familiarity, too. Um, Antonio Williams, RB3, let's do it. All right, so clean sweep for us and social media. Justin, why don't you read an ad? Let's read an ad, and I want to talk about Bear Burger. Um, I First off, I want to thank Bear Burger because they are our official training camp sponsor of 2022. They will be sponsoring our live streams. They will be sponsoring uh, the FanFest video. They'll be sponsoring the FanFest vlogs. They will be sponsoring... All of the PPPs, so thank you so much to Bear Burger. A great way that you can support us and you can show Bear Burger that everybody is awesome that listens to the show is that you can actually check out Bear Burger. ton of different locations across New York City, some in New Jersey, Montclair, Westfield, Hoboken, there's one as well. So something for everyone, yes, even you. They're a burger joint. They're not your typical burger joint they have some exotic burgers elk burgers ostrich burgers and bison burgers bear burger kitchen and bar happy hour it's the best in new york city listen to all these hours 12 to 7 p.m monday to friday those are in the new york city locations there's a lunch special as well bear burger kitchen and bar 12 p.m to 4 p.m monday through friday 14.95 all served with fries so what i want you to do is number one go to bear burger and number two, before you go, you can check out the menu. Click the link in the description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, Burger Joint and Luncheon, Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. Thank you to Bear Burger for being awesome and sponsoring our summer training camp series. All right, let's talk about low-key my favorite camp position battle for this year, and that is inside linebacker two next to Blake Martinez. Because I think you got three different types of players. You got two rookies in there, two exciting rookies, um, and a guy who was, you know, has made a career out of being Mr. Irrelevant. So Twitter gave Tay Crowder the nod, but he didn't get over 50% of the votes. He got 43. Micah McFadden got 37%, and Darian Beavers got 20%. On Instagram, uh, Tay Crowder did get over 50%, was 60%, 26% to McFadden, and 14% for beavers who are you going for this i'm going tay crowder and 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 this is pretty easy for me i I still think tay crowder is very valuable as an interior linebacker number two Uh, i think we very much have a very bad taste in our mouths from the year 2021 because he was thrusted into interior linebacker number one he was the guy um on a very very bad run defense um and he also was targeted pretty frequently Whenever teams chose to flank out their running backs out wide and they would have the ball thrown to them downfield, Tay Crowder seemed to always be lacking in coverage there too. Um, So I still have confidence in Tay Crowder as interior linebacker number two. Think he's going to get back to the good vibes that we had about him from his rookie year in 2020. I'm going Michael McFadden. Whoa! Fourth round pick. Wow. But also... Like Tay Crowder, like, oh, he's better than inside linebacker, too. So will Michael McFadden. 
Michael McFadden can be a playmaker from the inside linebacker too, similar to the way Ryan Connolly in that short stint we saw in 2019, where he's gonna he's gonna go, he's gonna shoot gaps. You can, you know, he brings pass rush value, whether that's setting up the stunt or you know making a guard miss on his own. We'll see how well that translates. You see good traits in coverage, you know, picking up stuff in zone, turning a zone into man, running with guys. There's just a lot there to get excited about with Michael McFadden, even though. He may struggle to pick up blocks from day one. Like, that's obviously the worry with Michael McFadden. But I think we're going to get into some more gap responsibility, uh, you know, you know, very, like uh, gap discipline, uh, you know, getting away from the two high and running more of a cover three, cover one stuff with Wink Martindale, which means like, hey, just play your gap. Don't worry about two gapping. Play your gap. You got Blake Martinez, who's going to be very trusted on the strong side. Let Michael McFadden go. Um now, with Tay Crowder, I think Tay Crowder can be a solid player at that position. We saw some really good moments from him, too. Uh, and I actually think Tay Crowder has improved in coverage. You mentioned he was split out wide, but just from the linebacker spot, I think he's improved in that spot. Um, but I, I I think like last year where it was like you were kind of like you got three different guys with Tay Crowder, Reggie Raglan, um, and then Carter Coughlin. I kind of think we're in the same situation as last year, just with different players next to Blake Martinez, where you got Micah McFadden, who can, you know, be some pass rush, but I think he's going to be better at the other linebacker duties than Carter Coughlin would have been, you know, but obviously Carter Coughlin had edge experience, played edge in, in college football. And then, I mean, Darian, what was my pro comp for Darian Beavers? Reggie Raglan. Reggie Raglan. You know, and then Tate Crowder's Tate Crowder and Blake Martinez Blake Martinez. So I think it's a very similar situation to last year, but... You have a guy like Michael McFadden who's used to playing that stack linebacker, getting into coverage, which was Carter Carflin's issue playing that spot in the preseason. So um, I'm giving the edge to Michael McFadden. I think you, you play the all these guys. Uh, you know, they bring different skill set. I like Darian Beavers. Um, if Blake Martinez were to go down, I would be like, hey, Darian Beavers has to be – I would put Darian Beavers in one of those starting spots. But I'm going Michael McFadden, man, and I'm excited about it. This is one of those camp battles conversations where, yeah, it's a camp battle episode. We're going to talk about who starts and who doesn't. But this may be one of those positions where it almost doesn't even matter, like who starts on paper. Would you, would you agree with that? I've said that in the past with linebacker, but it really – like the, the starters usually play most of the reps at linebacker. Like you, they'll get some rotation and stuff, but the starters do get the majority of the reps. Yeah. Where I could see cornerback rotating more than – than this side linebacker too. Um, I do want reps where, you know, we're, let's just say let's just say Tay Crowder does get the nod at interior linebacker too. I do want a couple reps a game where Micah McFadden and Darian Beavers are kind of just placed wherever on the field and they're just told go get the quarterback. I mean, I I kind of I kind of want that. Um, you know, maybe not conventionally just lined up in the A gap, but maybe on you know the the B gap, run around the football field, standing up, you know, con- trying to confuse a defense, you know, confuse the can you know confuse an offense, confuse the quarterback, etc. So I, I do want those reps. Um, so in my brain, I envision Beavers, McFadden, Crowder all being used kind of throughout the game. That's at least my hope. And uh, all right, my next we have of edge three. Kayvon and Aziz will be edge one and edge two. Edge three. Twitter went Quincy Roche, 68%. Ellerson Smith, 20 And then Jihad Ward, 12 Instagram gave uh, him also 68%. And then Ellerson Smith got 17 And Jihad Ward got 15 I mean, to me, this is an easy one. I know we put it on here. It should be Quincy Roche. You know, and, and we talked about in the conversation, unless you have high hopes for Ellerson Smith this year. Like, Ellerson Smith could be a breakout guy, but right now he's not that. Um, when we talked about the outside, we reviewed the outside linebacker's position before Lorenzo Carter wasn't a giant, and we said, would you bring back Lorenzo Carter for $3 million? And I said no. And you know why I said no? Not because Lorenzo Carter's not worth a $3 million contract, which he got for the Falcons. It's because Quincy Roche can do what Lorenzo Carter did. Okay, he's got decent speed around. I think he can add some strength, and he showed some good strength setting the edge. He made some plays in the run game. I like Quincy Roche as a third guy. I really do. I think he can thrive in that role. Um, this year will show, hey, can you be like the edge three, or do they need to go and get some help at that in the future? But I like Quincy Roche out of Miami. I'm a, I'm a fan of his, and I think he will solidify himself for that for the next, you know, for the next three years uh, while he's under his rookie contract. There are sound bites of me that exist in the world 
that say that Ellerson Smith may not even make the roster. But now it is July 25th, and I am telling you that he will be edge number three for the Giants this 2022 season. I hope he is. Because Ellerson has a high ceiling. He has a very high ceiling. You know, he's picked Does two he rounds Does he have a higher ceiling than Quincy Roche? Yes. He's got the frame. He's got the speed. I really like he, At least he's building into the frame. I hope it's Ellerson Smith, but I'm not putting my I'm, – I'm just not – I'm not banking on hope anymore. I don't think it's going to be backed up by pressure sacks QB hits. Uh, I, I don't. Um, I think Ellerson Smith will be deployed as one of those players. I mean, th- th- think of the way that he was deployed last year too, Bobby which might have been just an excuse-me way to get him reps. He would always be used as like this plank for like when stunts were run around him. Every time I saw Ellerson Smith, it's like you're not actually letting him get after the quarterback. He's just being used as a filler player for somebody who's running a stunt, which always kind of boggled my mind. But we're hearing some good things out of uh, OTAs in the the spring and the early summer out of Ellerson Smith. And I think he's just going to kind of be deployed as this athlete, this athlete that is fast, this athlete that can get out of his stance quick, that can cause problems that way, can cause some havoc, while maybe other guys are actually going to get back there and, you know, actually make plays on the quarterback, get the pressure, sacks, uh, QB hits, etc. Ellerson is sneaky one of the most important guys to look at during camp because it's – he is a big, like, what is he – what is he? What Like, what, what are you, Ellerson Smith? What are you going to yeah. show at the NFL level? Um, we didn't see much out of him from last year. And like you said, he wasn't he, – he didn't just get like regular edge reps. Uh, and so. also, I, I think about how much can Quincy Roche grow? Like how much better can Quincy Roche get? Because, you know, I'm looking at just his his, his basic stats. And it was like, – I, I thought that he would have produced more in those categories of sacks, pressures, QB hits than he actually did. And Quincy Roche is a good player, and I think he is somebody who is definitely worth keeping around. And he should be getting reps against the run, should be getting reps against the against the pass. But again, looking at what Ellerson Smith can turn into in his projection and the athlete that he can be, I think it's worth giving him that playing time over Quincy Roche. We'll see. All right, next is really the most lopsided out of all of these even though it it's, it speaks more to the position than anything and this might be the one people are interested to hear about the most and it's tight end twitter gave daniel bellinger 88 percent of the votes Oof. ricky seals jones got 10 percent. jordan akers got two percent obviously this was before the quad injury instagram gave him 72 percent with ricky seals jones getting 24 percent. so one in four people on instagram think uh Seals Jones should get the nod in the 4% to Akins, which reminded me last year, I was listening to Camp Battles pod last year to see how things played out. Remember, Instagram gave Nate Solder 26%, and we were just like, that is insane. And then Nate Solder won the job. Um, I mean, it's Daniel Bellinger for both of us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Ricky Seals Jones is a player who's capable of making some nice impact plays, but he's not a player who's capable of being a good player down and down out. Daniel Bellinger, the hope is to have that. He's the best blocker out of these three. Um, I think he should end up being the best route runner out of them. The only thing he just doesn't have is the speed. He doesn't have the speed and explosion uh, that those two guys have. Please miss me with the R relative athletic score and tell me he's going to be Travis Kelsey. Please don't tell me that. Um, <laughs> but I, I just think he's going to be the best tight end on this team. It really comes down to that. It's not just, I want to play the rookie. I think he's going to be the best tight end on this team week one. Um, and the quad injury is not supposed to be serious. So, Yeah, and tight, tight end two is interesting too. And, and if it's going to be Aikens or Seals Jones, because we know a lot more about Seals Jones. Obviously, Seals Jones played in the division. But Aikens has the familiarity with the tight end coach that's already on the team. And we didn't, he, you know, Seals Jones was kind of on, you know, on the bottom of the depth chart during the spring and, um, you know, during OTA. So I'm also interested to see who's going to be tight end two when Daniel Bellinger gets healthy. <clears throat> All right. Backup outside cornerback. We just assumed Aaron Robinson was a starter. Um, even though in our interview, someone brought up the, hey, just this cornerback spot. Well, not someone, Dan Ben. You know who the interview is. Um, Twitter gave Rodarius Williams 50%, Cordell Flott 44%, Maurice Kennedy 4%, and Michael Jaquette 2%. Instagram gave Rodarius 47%. 
uh, Flot, 45%, so very close. And then 5% for Kennedy and 2% for Jaquette. Who are you going for this one? I'm going Maurice Kennedy. Really? Because I thought I was going to be the only guy to go Maurice Kennedy. No. Um, I I can't tell you that, oh, Maurice Kennedy, I've seen him play, watched him play, know he's going to be really good, blah, 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 blah. But Rodarius is, you know, uh, he, he you know, was the darling of the other regime. Doesn't mean that he's not going to be liked or not going to get the playing time with this regime. Um, but we even us during camp last year, we were like, why is Rodarius Williams the guy that's getting these <laughs> getting like starting reps on the outside when a Dory Jackson's hurt? Uh, we, we were even kind of confused by that a little bit. We kind of think that Cordell Flott, we want to put him in the slot to start. So Kennedy has the experience of playing with Wink Martindale in Baltimore. Um, he has just a decent amount of playing experience. I believe like 400 to 500 snaps he's logged in his NFL career on the defensive side of the ball, which is more than Cordell Flott, more than Rodarius Williams, more than Michael Jaquette, and more than Gavin Heslop, who we just signed like a week ago. Which, by the way, I had the Gavin Heslop news 30 minutes before, and I gave it to a beat reporter. I was like, hey, this is going to happen. I'll, I'll let you break it instead of me breaking it. Wow, why'd you do it. that? Because it, I, I just... I didn't feel like doing the whole source thing for Gavin. Did Heslop. you say I, that beat reporter didn't break it? Yeah. So what? What do? You, what do they? What do they think you are? They 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 think you're just some some Joe Schmo that doesn't know anything. I don't know, but so I was, you gave them breaking news. I didn't want to didn't break Gavin Heslop. But how come they didn't break it? Because I think that's was, a slap in the face to a, you. It was a Friday at four o'clock, and it was Gavin Heslop. It's a. I think that's a slap in the face to you. You just gave somebody valuable information. And they said no thanks, Bobby Skinner, or they just how, don't believe you, which I think how, that's worse. How value is is Gavin Heslop anyway? Extremely valuable. Well, I, I should, told you, them. I you told them. Given it to me. I told them Giants are signing this guy. I figured we give other people a bone, and they give us a bone back. No. Um, you know, it's anyway. Talk of Giants against the world. I've had it. Uh. Rodarius is only two years younger than, you know, we forget that Rodarius was 25 when he was drafted. Old you know, man. So he's, so he's only two years younger than Maurice Candy. Maurice Candy has the 31 and a half inch arms. You know, he's played for Wink Martindale, you know, in 2017 shows how long, you know, he's played, he played since, but like 2017 was when he got the majority of his reps um, for Baltimore. You know, he played for the Ravens and the Jets in 2019. But for Baltimore, and seven games where he got the majority of majority of, of the snaps playing corner, I mean, the Ravens defense gave up 18.5 points per game during that stretch, you know, and playing some pretty good teams uh, during that time. And this was with Joe Flacco as their QB, so not as much to play for with, you know, when you got Lamar Jackson. Um, so I'm just giving it to Maurice Candy. And again, I think we need to remember with Rodarius is like he didn't look awful last year, but Patrick Graham made his cornerbacks look better. It was a cornerback-friendly scheme. So I'm going Maurice Kennedy as well. All right, last one, swing tackle. Twitter gave Matt Parrott 53%, Matt Gano 38%, and then no longer on the team, Corey Cunningham, 9%. All right, Instagram, but I want to throw somebody else in there too. The the cat that they're going to sign nope. today? Uh, Instagram oh. gave Parrott 62 uh, Gano twenty eight, and then Cunningham ten. Um, Parrott and Gano are both coming off of injuries. Obviously, Parrott is more recent, but I'm going Matt Parrott. He's the third round pick of this group. Um, I don't know how how healthy he'll be, but I, I'm just going to go. I'm giving Matt Parrott the nod. Uh, well, I wanted to throw Josh Azudu in there because if he's not going to start, then let's just say a tackle goes down, they could choose to put Azudu in there. I hope not. I would also go with Matt Parrott because I think Matt Parrott is a solid. Obviously, we expected him, we and we drafted him in the third round to be a starter, but I think he is a fine swing tackle. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping it's not Josh Zudu. I hope they don't do that with him with his development. He's not going to play tackle. He's on a team with Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal. Uh, you drafted him with the 67th overall pick, a high third round pick. You drafted him the play guard. Don't do this swing tackle crap with him. That's that will bother me. They may, and it'll bother me. Like they I don't, may. It, it, I don't. It's going to bother me if they do that. Um, so, so be prepared. Um, so they're, but they're working out. Uh, what was his name? Who was the guy they worked out today? Oh, I have no clue. Didn't see this. Well, I'll pull up the name. 
He started like twenty, like he started like a majority of like twenty eighteen for the Texans, and they cut Coring, uh, they cut Cunningham with a like non football injury designation. Yeah, so he got injured doing something non football wise. I agree. He, he got do- he got injured doing something not with the Giants this off season. Um, what are you doing? What are you doing? How to pass? All right, so. That's camp position battles. We're going to kick it to an interview with Dan Benton. Of you didn't Giant find out Squad. the name, huh? No, it's not worth it. We'll talk about it when it happens. <laughs> um, but first, DraftKings. Turn big league action to big winnings with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any game, get $100 in free bets instantly. Plus, all customers can combine multiple bets for a shot and even bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. At DraftKings Sportsbook, you'll be able to bet on your favorite batter to hit a double in his next plate appearance, your favorite pitcher's next pitch to be a strike, and so much more. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for, you know, Juan Soto in the Yankees lineup. Bet on Juan Soto. Mm. DraftKings, is, they took those two guys out of the money, like Jason uh, Dominguez, Dominguez. And, the, and the other guy, like, I felt like that meant something, but it's been 24 hours since, so I guess it didn't. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. New customers can make any $5 bet and get $100 in free bets instantly. That's promo code JOHNBOY only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner at Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. And here is Dan Benton of the Giants Wire. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. It's the start of training camp, which means our start of our interview series. And like last year, and I think the year before, we're starting it out with Dan Benton of the Giants Wire of USA Today. Dan, good to have you back on as always, man. Are you getting excited for uh, getting excited for camp? Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it feels like it's been a long time, even though it really hasn't been too long. And I, I definitely appreciate you guys having me on. You know, I enjoy, you know, coming on Talking Giants every single time I'm with you guys. It's a it's always a pleasure. And I am. I'm ready for some football. Um, like I said, it feels like it's been a long, long time now. So I'm ready to just watch some watch some Giants football. Enjoy it. Looking forward to the college football season as well. You guys know I'm a big college guy. So it's about that time. You you mentioned call. I'm actually starting to get a little more into college football. Like I'm a Miami guy. And for yeah. the first time ever in my life, like I've been checking the recruiting websites and like yeah. Mario Cristobal has got me pumped up. I like I'm, <laughs> I've never been the U is back type of guy, but I'm kind of like maybe the U is back. You know, uh, I almost said NFT. Hey, maybe. But, uh, maybe. Um, what are they? What is uh, NILs? NILs? Yeah. Name and image. Like yeah. our, NILs, our yeah. guy, um, John Diaz, like he does it better than anybody else. He does it, you know, the right way and, and gives you guys a lot of money. So I'm, I'm getting excited for Miami Hurricane football. I can't I can't lie. I just the love best, the atmosphere. Best offensive tackle yeah. Yeah. prospect. It's funny. I, the Academy. atmosphere of college football is just off the chain, so it's it's always entertaining to watch. Yeah. So, Plus, I kind of get to treat it like a little bit of a break. I don't have to watch it in the same way that I watch the NFL. So that is true. It's just like I could just yeah. every year the first week I'm like I'm really gonna focus on this guy in this game for the draft. And it's like no, no, you're not. Just watch. <laughs> um. Now we're doing this on our camp position battle podcast, which we, you know, we broke them all down before and earlier in the episode. So I'm going to start it off with that. What camp battle are you paying most attention to and, and how do you see it playing out? Really? I'm just, I'm paying attention to whoever's going to start across from a Dory. I think that's going to be a real key um, decision for the giants moving forward. I mean, obviously Aaron Robinson seems to have the inside track early on. I don't know if I would write that off just yet though. I think every one of those guys that are, behind the door you're going to have an opportunity to win a job uh, but even you know moving inside you got you know flat you got homes and it's kind of curious how that's going to work out ultimately i think a lot of them are going to see an increased amount of playing time under martindale uh, just based on the scheme that he, he is projected to run uh, but I, I do think that's going to be a very very important position especially you know because Dory, as talented as he is and i thought you know he was underrated last year you've heard me say that before uh, but the truth is if he goes down hurt and he does have a little bit of an injury history there, the giants, they're in a lot of trouble that that's a thin position. And that's a very important position in Martindale scheme too. Yeah. And that's the thing with the, the cornerback depth chart right now. Cause that's, a, that's the big, I think that's the biggest worry of all giants fans right now. It's like Dory had an amazing season last year, but it was yeah, as the second yeah. corner. Now he's moving the cornerback one. Yep. So how ideal is that? And then you have Aaron Robinson and the other guys, but on top of that, it's, your top three corners missed games last year. 
with yeah. with yeah. you know and and essentially the last two years with Darnay and and Adore. Um, so they're your, t- your top three guys, like you're, you're one Adore injury away from Aaron Robinson, Darnay Holmes, and, and, you know, fill in the blank starting right. at corner for, for a game. Do you think Aaron Robinson wins that job? I, I do. Outside? I think, I think early on, I think, you know, it looks like he's going to be the guy. Um, you know, he certainly showed flashes last year. There were times where you're like, Hey, you know, maybe this, you know, this kid's pretty good. I also thought the same thing about Rodarius Williams, but you know, the question with him is how soon is he going to be able to make it back after, you know, very serious knee injury. Um, but you know, there are certainly guys with a ton of potential there. They also signed some guys with veteran experience this off season. All of them are going to have a fair shake, but I do think that, you know, coming out of camp, assuming everybody can stay healthy and that's obviously the always the big key with the giants, I do think it's Robinson that's going to get the nod, but yeah, obviously there's still a lot to to go into that and a lot of chips that are going to fall before we ever, you know, see who wins that battle. Dan, um, I want to first thank you for, for, for joining us. Um, and I kind of wanted to say at the top there, we've been doing some uh, PR stuff. Like we have a PR guy, John boy media that, you know, whenever we interview somebody, we, we try and, you know, we, we try and get that out to some of the reporters, but we didn't do that for Brandon Jacobs, but you know, what, you know, what you guys at the Giants wire, do you guys, you know, we, we love you guys. I feel like you guys kind of like us. So thank you for <laughs> li- yeah, listening course. to that Jacobs interview. Cause I found it to be so hilarious when I actually saw the full quote of Jacobs on Columbo of like, I want to beat the shit out of him. And just seeing how, <laughs> how many expletives there were seeing that yeah, like written yeah, out. Yeah, I'm I, I, I got to be careful about that. So yeah, I had to write that out quite a bit during that transcript for you guys. Every, every three words had star, star, star. So I, I actually thought that was hilarious. So I just wanted to, I, I wanted to throw that out there. Giants wire, yeah. you know, we, we absolutely love you guys. We love you. It was my second favorite headline was like uh, former Giants running back. Brandon Jacobs wants to uh, box Mark Colombo. That's it's only second to my, uh, the big leads headline. Of, right. Right. Of, of, yeah. Reporter asks Saquon Barkley if he wants to burn down stadium. Yeah. So my, my, oh my second Lord. favorite headline of all time. No, but uh, um, Dan, um, this was a a question we got asked on a recent mailbag. Um, and I actually think it's 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 quite a good one when you think about everything that has happened uh, this off season for the Giants. What is your favorite off season move that you are most excited about? It could be an acquisition, player, uh, something that happened in the front office, coaching. Any of those count. Favorite move that happened this off season for you? Boy, that's that's tough because there's actually a lot of them. Uh, but really, I think I think the obvious answer is bringing in Joe Shane. Okay. Uh, that was absolutely something that was necessary for this team. I, I listen. I've cautioned against the repeated rebuilds, and we see where that's gotten the, the team over the last decade. It's not been pretty, and at some point or another, you got to pump the brakes on that, get the right guy in there. And I know that it's his first year. I know there's going to be growing pains, uh, but he's very intelligent. He's right to the point. He's well studied. Um, he's well-spoken. Um, he is, you know, it's, it's, he's learning the New York media a little bit and, and you've heard him, you know, make comments like, I, I can't believe that that was a story. Well, <laughs> everything is a story in New York, uh, but he's adjusting. Well, I think that him and Dayball have, um, you know, great synergy and you've heard them talk about that. Uh, but going from Gettleman and judge to Shane and Dable, I think is a major, major change for all of the obvious reasons, but I think for the players as well, Daniel Jones, I'm sure is someone we're going to talk about here, uh, what his future looks like. I don't know, but it's certainly going to be better this season under those two than it was under the previous regime. So I think when you look at everything they did this off season and the draft, I thought they had a very good draft, especially in the early rounds, there were some quality signings. Um, you know, obviously they got a big time guard to finally come in and play. Uh, Neil's a big addition. Thibodeau's a big addition. I thought they got some talent late in the draft as well, but, when you all boil it down, none of it matters if you don't get those top two guys correct. And I, I think hopefully, fingers crossed, the Giants finally got that right. And, and a lot of the GM job comes down to picking players and sign mm-hmm. and signing the right contracts. Obviously, like that's that's what you get judged on. Um, and to, if Joe Shane's good at that, is to be seen. But what has what isn't to be seen in the part I was a little worried about when we hired Joe Shane, not because of Joe Shane, was how does he handle the Giants dynamic? And look at, mm-hmm. I mean. Kevin Abrams moved from assistant GM. You yeah. bring in Brandon Brown. Not the craziest thing, but like, hey, that was cool. Uh, Chris Pettit fired. Chris Long, Mara. like, yeah. you know, Pettit, stayed with yeah. him through the draft. Fired. Um, and then also, like, 
we never thought this would happen. Chris Mayer is no longer in player yeah. personnel anymore. Yeah. Like we never thought that would happen. Even yeah. if his role was diminished down to 1% of mm-hmm. what it was at one point, never thought that would be happening. So, so it's to be seen if Shane, if Shane is good at picking the right players and signing the right contracts. But I think that's the exciting thing about Shane. It's like, at least he's doing the things that, you know, the things that are like in his control fully the right way. I, and I think it was a relief to a lot of fans, you know, when they saw some of those changes, because I think everyone started to get to the point where like, I, I don't know if we're ever going to see those changes at this point. And I know last year, Mara shut down the idea that there was any kind of nepotism within the organization and, and things like that. Uh, but there was clearly an issue with the way that things were being run, particularly in the personnel department. Um, and Shane, or, uh, yeah, Shane came right in and immediately addressed that. Obviously, couldn't do much until after the draft for obvious reasons. Uh, but he made the right moves, in my opinion, and the opinion of many more. And I, and I think that's going to pay huge dividends for the Giants. So kind of going from the front office to more or less the coaching side. Um, you know, I, you know we, we've talked for you know, a good amount of time about uh, how uh, how we feel about Jason Garrett, how we felt about Jason Garrett, you know, stemming back from, you know, the middle and the end of that 2020 season, being excited about last season, but knowing that if we were going to have any kind of success that we think it would have been in spite of Jason Garrett. So now it's very different. This season is very, very different with Brian Dable and Mike Kafka at the, at the head. Yep. How much do you think coaching and the scheme of Dable and Kafka can elevate the team, even though obviously we are in the midst of rebuilding, rebuilding the offensive right. line. Daniel Jones is still a question, et cetera, et cetera. I think expectations do have to be tempered a little bit. Uh, but I, I also believe that the genuine excitement that's being expressed is there for a reason. And that's not just among the fans, but you can hear it among the players already as well. Uh, they're really stoked about a lot of the offensive changes in particular that they're going to experience this year. You heard Tony talk about it. You heard Sterling Shepard talk about it. You've heard Dayball talk about allowing Jones to be far more aggressive, which really plays much more into his hand as an NFL quarterback. It's more of a strength than, than not. And, um, you know, we heard that some of the major issues last season were uh, specific to the play calls themselves. You know, the, the wide receivers were told to run a specific route, only that route. Jones was told to throw to a specific receiver and only that receiver that led to him obviously staring some people down. So I think just, you know, removing that strict nature of what Joe judge and Jason Garrett had in place there uh, alone, regardless of who came in as, as the head coach and the coordinator was going to help the team and the players significantly more. It just so happened that the giants got two great offensive minds, one who's actually two who are particularly great with the quarterback and, um, you know, if they can elevate Jones's game, Jones will elevate everybody else's game. So I think it's kind of a domino effect that they've got going on there. So in terms of how much better they can get, you know, obviously that remains to be seen, but it has the potential to be significantly better and then improving upon that each year after that as well. So. What day three pick makes, do you think makes the biggest mark in camp? That's, so you got Bellinger, Bell, and right, the right. linebacker. Bellinger, I, I'm, I, I would have said Bellinger until this injury cropped up because I'm not really sure how significant that might be. But uh, uh, Beavers potentially has an opportunity to, to, to be a, a solid elite uh, draft ad. Uh, Belton is another one. Um, I don't necessarily think that he's going to start over Julian Love initially, but Julian Love is going to kind of play all over the place. So it's going to provide an opportunity for Belton to come in, uh, make an impact, not just in camp, but I think he's going to have a, a, a pretty solid role. He's a very intelligent player. His football IQ seems to be off the charts. Um, he's a good leader. He's capable of calling plays in the, in the secondary if necessary. Um, so I think of all of them, he, he very well may end up having the biggest impact. Yeah, not just talking about how obviously, you know, the the three the three guys on the defense side of the ball. You have Micah McFadden, Darian Beavers, uh, Dane Belton. Um, you know, not just talking about if they're going to be good players, bad players, whatever, but specifically looking at this year, just the dynamic of those three players. How is Belton going to fit in the rotation that is the safeties? How much playing time is he going to earn? How much playing time are they willing to give him in his first year? You know, the two linebackers behind Martinez and Crowder, they're they're very different, 
but also they're similar where I think they can both get after the quarterback, but one is very athletic, can play sideline to sideline, the other can play in a phone booth. So the dynamic between those three players and how they're going to fit within the defense, that's what I'm really excited to see during yeah. camp this year. I, I think that's that's a that's a great point, and I, and I think that's really going to be something that Martindale kind of maximizes too because – you know, he'll put players all over the place. You'll see all kinds of things that we haven't seen. And, and I think he's going to find a great fit for all of those guys. Um, I, I kind of, you know, hone in on Belton simply because, you know, Pepper's gone, Logan Ryan's gone a little bit thin. Uh, Julian Love's kind of a Swiss Army knife kind of player. He's High fourth rounder, too. I mean, I feel like yep. everybody forgets that, you know, Dane Belton was not this fifth, sixth round guy. A high fourth round pick. Um, and honestly, probably one of those draft picks that fans kind of know almost like the least about. Cause he's kind of like this, all right, he's a safety and he's here, you know, yeah, he yeah. played the star position. I think that's to echo you guys is not just like Justin said, not, not talking about just how well does Dane Belton play. Obviously that's important, but you have three safeties who move around a lot. Like you said, Julian love, you know, Dane Belton played that star position. McKinney hasn't moved around a lot in the NFL, but in college he did. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, and I, I he's think in a he new will. scheme that's going to ask more of him. I so think he will move around a bit more this year. Yeah. Yeah. So just the way the safety position plays it out. Um, this is my question for every beat reporter because all of the answers and the, like the talk around it has infuriated me. We've went from the highs to the mids to the lowest, you know, points now with Darius Slayton. There's four guys essentially ahead of him on the wide receiver depth chart. What do you forecast happening with him? Because OTAs didn't sound great for him. Um, I'm really starting to kind of move over to the side that he's going to get traded. Uh, where that is, you know, I don't know. Uh, we recently ran an article questioning whether or not a Bears trade would work out. I don't know how much he's going to get uh, or how much the Giants are going to get in exchange for him. Uh, but the truth is they're actually kind of deep at wide receiver. I wouldn't go over top and say they're exceptionally talented at wide receiver. This certainly has the potential to be. On the top end, they most certainly are. Um, so I, I just don't know where Slate necessarily fits in with all of this. He is certainly a deep threat. He's a speedy deep threat, but um, – it's a numbers game is what it boils down to. He has started to decline in terms of production. I don't necessarily know if that's entirely on him as it was on, you know, the multitude of issues that the Giants have dealt with over their previous two seasons. And obviously what we talked about earlier in terms of the play calling under Judson Garrett last year. Uh, but again, I, I just think it turns out to be a numbers game ultimately, uh, not just in terms of how many wide receivers they have on the depth chart, but you know, the limited amount of cap space they still have and, and you know, which will ultimately be eaten up uh, during, you know, during the season as a variety, you know, variety of injuries crop up and things like that. They're going to need to clear a little bit of cap space. I, I'm starting to think that it just makes sense for them financially and in terms of the depth chart to maybe trade him away, get a late round pick, you know, some extra draft assets for him and, and give him a fresh start elsewhere. Richie James uh, summer, the summer of Richie That's James, Dan. One, yeah. Dan. I'm ready. I'm, for I'm growing to despise that name. Justin brings up Richard James every chance. He hey, has. listen, uh, I think he, I think he might actually play a more significant role offensively than people are projecting, mm. not just on special. Yeah, teams, more than but, Andrew uh, Thomas. He's rated yeah, he higher has the than same, Andrew Thomas. The same Madden rating. Yeah, I saw that. I saw you guys post that. I didn't actually look at those until this morning, and some of them were eyebrow raising. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I, you know, the whole. Like, how are you going to get mad about a video game ratings? I right. will get mad about Andrew Thomas's ratings. Don't <laughs> tell me to be too cool. For I was surprised to see that he was rated lower than Evan Neal. Not a, not a knock on Neal at all, uh, but just wasn't something I expected to see. That's all. Uh, crazy. All right, so we're going to finish it off with this. We're going to ask everybody this during training camp. What's your record prediction for the 2022 New York Giants? Oh, the over-under is what? Seven and a half games? Most yes. of the sports books seem to have it. I think that's fair. I think it's probably going to be around there. I'll go a little bit over. I'll give them, you know, eight, possibly nine wins. The schedule on paper looks soft, um, but, you know, that changes every year. You get in there and you, and you don't really know how these teams are going to play. Uh, but they do seem to have somewhat of a favorable schedule. Um, I do think they're going to get better offensively, defensively. I think their special teams has been strong. I think it'll remain strong, if not improve as well. Uh, but when you're re you're improving from – you know, the very bottom, um, you know, that, that climb up is going to take a little bit of time, but I, I can see them getting above that seven and a half win mark. I'll give them eight, but I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up with nine. And, and again, my, that's provided everybody could stay healthy. And that's, that's a big key as it always is with the giants. My goal for the giants is to be the team 
that's not good, but beats bad teams instead of being the and instead of being on the other end. The last couple of years that they've been on the other end of that side, where it's like it's like yeah, the schedule looks easy, but you know what? The, when the Detroit Lions have played the Giants the last few years, the Giants looked easy to them. I think um, if they win the games that they're supposed to win that'll be a good benchmark uh, for this team. I, I think that would be considered a, a drastic improvement. And then all you got to do is pick up one or two wins elsewhere, you know, one or two upsets. And even last year, they had, you know, they were capable of that the year prior, they were capable of that. So they'll have those opportunities. And I think that's where you get to those eight or nine wins. Right. But like you said, they've got to win the games that they're supposed to win. Dan, where can people find, find your work? Uh, you can always find me on giantswire.com. That's where I do primarily you know, basically everything. You can also find me in USA Today Sports Weekly. That's the magazine publication that comes out every Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, you can find me on the Giants Wear podcast, wherever podcasts, you know, are published. And uh, you can also find me on Larry Brown Sports, but that's not specifically doing Giants related content. And we appreciate you uh, as always. And uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Yeah, absolutely. I always love coming on. I, I love seeing you guys balloon continued Good luck. I want to see you guys at the top of the game. You belong there. You do great content. So thank you for having me on. Appreciate that. Hey, Sean, you better hope I never get back in there. I will kick your <laughs> Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right. Thank you to Dan Benton of the Giants Wire for coming on the show. Thanks for listening to our Camp Battles episode. Really, really excited to get into training camp and to go to these training camp practices. Before we wrap up, we got to talk about Roman. When you're wearing a great outfit, everything just looks right. Got to pick out my outfits. Got to pick out what I want to wear and what I want to sweat in when I'm attending these Giants training camp practices. And your confidence is soaring if you are looking good. You can walk into a room knowing that you're on your A game. And if you've been struggling with PE, don't worry. Roman can give you that same confident feeling in the bedroom. You can get it back. Roman swipes, they're clinically proven to help you last longer in bed. There is no prescription needed. PE treatments are safe, effective, and used by millions of men. Free two-day shipping, totally discreet. Roman, super easy, simple, like it, love it, gotta have it. I want you to go to getroman.com world today, and if you're approved, you will get $10 off your first order that's getroman.com slash world be ready roman ready love how many r's and love the alliteration in roman ready guess what what did the news just break are you gonna do are you gonna bamboozle me again no i'm i'm telling you the name of that tackle is kendall oh. lamb Went to Appalachian State. Remember when they beat uh, Michigan and that was a huge deal and we didn't realize that Michigan was just on a downfall? Mm. 30 years old. Um, he started um, basically, he started 24 games for the Texans in 2018. He started like basically the whole season. And then he started four games or two, three games for the Browns. And then he started one game for the Titans last year. Wow. So, so how about that? Two good lines. All right, we will be back tomorrow with a PPP. Um, and then the day after that with the PPP. And then Friday, we will have some camp recap. I'm sure one player will get injured and we'll all freak out and act like we're cursed, even though everybody deals with camp injuries the first week. Um, I'm going to we'll freak out. Hopefully, it's not serious. You know, last year it was Shane Lemieux, the year before. Um, release the pup list. Yeah, release the pup list. Um, and then we're going to have Arch Stapleton down by the freaking river in the van the van is here for training camp so we appreciate you guys we'll see you tomorrow until then let's go big blue